1: They're an arrogant, ingrown, close-knit brotherhood like the mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right Right now. now.
2: Welcome to Ben and Woods.
3: Oh, the hair on my neck
2: just, just straight up. <laughs> With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Steven Woods. It's my job to pull that
3: demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Reindel. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. We the long thing,
2: on <laughs> 97.3, the fan.
3: everybody Ben and Woods 973 the fan let's get our heads right on a Thursday this week has flown by I'll, I'll for me at least absolutely flown by it's good to be with you this morning I'm not at a uh, 100% certainly but I think the rule at Odyssey now is if you're not 100% you have to leave but uh, I'm not going to do that my my cup Ben's cup needs to be filled with more jelly beans and i've taken a lot of jelly beans out of your cup i need to refill it as you had to you know step in for paulie and i last week at fantasy camp but i woke up with a little bit of a sore throat so i'm sure it won't be annoying when you guys hear me sucking on cough drops throughout the show today i'm sure our our audience will really appreciate that Uh, i'm woodsy that's paul Rindel. he's our executive producer good morning paulie good morning Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, is here with us as well. Good morning, Benjamin. I'm
2: glad time is flying for you. You say Fantasy Camp was last week? Last week. Yeah, it feels like it was like 17 years ago. That was a long
3: week. It's been a long two weeks for me, actually. I I told Pauly, I said, uh, last week, even though we were at camp, I, I would look up and be like, oh my God, we still have four more nights here or something. This week, I was driving in this morning, I went, it's Thursday. Holy cow, tomorrow is Friday. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what happened, man. I, I woke up, and was like my throat a little bit sore. Did the uh, the gargle with with hot salt water. Took an Alka Seltzer. I uh, feel okay. I mean, I feel fine. It's just my throat's a little bit sore, but don't know what that's from. Uh, but hey, I'm here. You know, we're gonna we're gonna ride this thing out to the end. We're gonna smoke it to the filter, Benny.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a great time yesterday out at uh, Torrey Pines, but I think being outside all day kind yeah. of. It wears you out. It wears you out a little more than just being inside, like you normally are. When you all that fresh air, they say is good for you, but then you get it, and it's like, wow, that took a lot out of me just to be out there all day. I've uh,
3: I've not made plans to go to the farmers, and I I don't know why I haven't. I had a couple of people ask me, hey, are you going to be out there? And I said, I I don't know, I don't know. I got a lot going on right now. In fact, I'm going to spend the majority of my day today when I get out of here uh, working on my new. My my new T ball team. So I wanted to introduce you guys to Coach Woods. Here I am. Woo! I want you guys to call me a coach from now on because I am now also a coach. Coach? Coach. Okay. There's a new coach in town.
2: I'm coach. That's going to be confusing to listeners on our promos now. I don't think so. The bed and the coach. Right. But I'm the coach. And then the
3: coach comes on after us as well. Right. Take on coach. But I'm also coach, (laughs) because I am now the uh, head coach of the Encinitas Little League. Paul, give me a little drum roll. Give you guys the name.
2: The Encinitas Little League. Tin caps. Boom. The ten caps, ten, ten caps, right out of the Padres minor league
3: system from Fort Wayne. All right, so let me walk you guys through this uh, hour and forty-five minute meeting last night about about T-ball. Showed up at the meeting location, sat down, got a big fat binder full of uh, information, and uh, we went through it. Met some really nice people, and it came time to draw names uh, for teams. So you draw a number and then they have this laminated sheet and then you get to go pick out the team names if you, you depending on what number you draw. It's like a fantasy draft. Yeah, pretty much. And so I, I in my mind I thought, okay, I I have to get the Padres. I have to. We work on the flagship. I've got more Padres gear than I know what to do with. My kid loves the Padres. Like I was willing to go as high as two hundred and fifty dollars cash for the name. Then I found out they only do minor league teams. So then I started to panic a little bit. Like, well, okay, I, now I want to make sure I get a Padres affiliate because I do have gear from several affiliates, thanks to our buddy John Conniff and our friends over at Madfriars who stoke us out with gear all the time. My favorite T-shirt he's ever gotten me is a Tin cap shirt. So I was eighth out of 16 T-ball teams, by the way, right squarely in the middle. Tin caps was available. I took it. We are now the Tin caps. So I came home. I told Bo, he goes, what? What is a tin cap? And I showed him, and he goes, That's an apple with a pot on its head. And I go, Yep, that's an apple with a pot on its head. And he goes, All right. And just oh, couldn't, yeah, have cared, yeah. couldn't have cared less.
2: I can see why that might be confusing to a T Ball agent. A tin child. cap? Yes. And, and then the apple, the the was apple a sod pot on its poodle. Head. <laughs> right, right. The one
3: I wanted, though, the one I wanted, and they didn't have it available for T Ball. Uh, they had it available for rookies. Was the Durham Bulls? I really wanted the Durham. I wanted they, they had a, a, the baby blue uni with the big D with the bull. He's seen Bull Durham. He loves Bull Durham. He's almost five. Uh, and and I wanted the Durham Bulls. But I'm very happy with tin caps. You keep it in the family, the Padres family. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be teeing it up, Ben. March fourth, I believe, is opening day. So you may ask, well, why in God's name would you have an hour and 45-minute meeting about it, about T-Ball? <laughs> and I was asking myself that very same question. And then a debate came up about the next level up. Here's a couple of things I didn't know. I didn't know. Do you know they don't keep score in T-Ball?
2: I didn't know that officially, but it doesn't shock me. Doesn't bother you me. You can't really... Count on three outs every inning. That's, which, that's the thing. Really, kind of makes <laughs> the keeping of the score irrelevant. Come on, you at losers! We're
3: chasing six. Yeah, lines. chasing six, boys. Make sure you hit one you like. Of Last that, licks. Let's go, Dad. It's on a tee. So, so you don't keep scores. So I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, you can. Let's say you have 14 guys on your team or girls. You can all. They can all play in the field at the same time. You don't have to have nine people at set positions. Just go out there, have some fun, don't get hurt, right? So, that's it's I'm gonna be a cat herder essentially, <laughs> head cat herder woods uh, come
2: up with some sort of grid system so to what, cover as much ground as possible. So,
3: what a guy told me was he got these little um, they're like these those flat little uh, not they're like half cones, different colors, and he'd say, All right, Ben, you're yellow, and you run out to yellow, Paul, you're green, and you run out to green. I said, That's Effing genius, man. That's absolutely brilliant. So we're going to do that. The big debate, that why the meeting dragged on so long, was this. In the rookie level, they go to machine pitch. So you think to yourself, all right, machine pitch. Very slow, you know, whatever. After five attempts, five, they then bring out a tee for these kids. And strikeouts are not allowed. There's no strikeouts. And I thought to myself. so the debate amongst some of the dads was, hey, we did this last year. It was a little bit wheels off. Some guys didn't want to bring the tee out. Then they found some kids were like, well, if I half-ass. That's the next age oh, up. That's the next so age if up. Just if I, just I half-ass, them all, per, them purpose, all on purpose, I get to hit off I the tee. And the dad's reasoning is, we're out of T-Ball. We shouldn't be bringing the tee in. And, and I sat there and I, I racked my brain. I went... When is it important for kids to learn about the game that makes you fail more than anything? Is 6 years old too young to know what it feels like to strike out? And I really I wrestled with it and a lot of these dads were wrestling with it too and I thought to myself, well, T-ball is T-ball. This is this is machine pitch. I don't even I don't even think you should get 5 attempts. I think you should get the normal three three strikes you're out and and start I guess, ingraining in these kids because let's think about it, really. There's no other game, none, that is more about failure and dealing with failure than the game of baseball. None. Golf's not, football's not, basketball's not. Baseball is it. That is the the game that teaches you how to fail. If you can deal with it six years old, it's going to help you in your whole life. Now, but is six years old too young to be like, because I'll tell you, and I, I based it on my own personal experience. First year I ever played any sort of, of baseball at all, I was I was like 10. I didn't touch a pitch. Not one. I didn't foul one off. I didn't hit one fair. I either walked or I struck out. I didn't ground out. And my dad, to this day, is still surprised that I have continued to play baseball after that for 35 years, almost uninterrupted, because I was so bad. But I loved it, and I wanted to get better. So we this thing these these dads were like all right well, what if we do the last two games of the season we'll bring the tees out but let's teach these kids you know how to fail a little bit so it was really interesting i, I and i don't know what to do i'm going to have to worry about this next year when i get up there i mean there was the one dad that raised his hand he's like i'm tired of this participation trophy everybody gets a trophy i'm like well they're six give them a trophy who cares you know who cares about that But, like, I remember being a kid, I remember never making an all-star team. I didn't make my first all-star team until I was in adult baseball in Escondido. Seriously. And it didn't hurt me at all. In fact, it made me want to practice and be better, even in my 30s. You know what I mean? It still made me want to be better. So I just don't know. So it's this big big debate going on right now in the room last night, and I, I don't know how I feel about it. So I think T-ball um, is
4: like four and five. Yeah. Uh, rookie's like rookies five, s- six, five, six, seven.
3: seven. Yeah. And then it goes to kid pitch. Then it goes to coach pitch, I think, and then kid pitch. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. My first instinct was you got to let them fail a little bit in baseball. And if they don't make contact, then it's a strikeout. And right. And you learn a lesson there. And then you also learn a lesson as you keep working and as the season goes on, you Maybe you start hitting a little bit better. Guy
3: said. Um, guy at my table said, "Man, I'll tell you, there was a girl on our team last year, and she didn't touch a pitch for the first six games, and you know, struck out, and so we'll, we'd bring the tee out, and she would be fine. Then towards the end of the year, after getting some reps, she smoked two balls, and she, he said, the look on her face, the feeling of elation for me as her coach, her, her dad, her mom, everybody in the stands." Was something special, something that you can't get from a tee, right? It's just not to hit a live pitch after struggling so hard and failing so many times. What better feeling is that? I could get on board. I never,
4: we had, uh, when I was growing up, we had tee ball straight to coach pitch yep. and then kid pitch. There was no machine. So I would say, any sort of live pitching, whether it's coach pitch or kid pitch, maybe that's where you start to implement some strikeouts, some K's
2: and whatnot. But I, I also think that it's not as though you're taking away the pitching machine. They'll continue to get those opportunities, right? And for the the kids who truly have are struggling with it and have trouble timing up a ball and a bat, and you know the entire season is just strikeout after strikeout. You don't want you don't want that experience for any kid at that at that age. Sure. Don't you though? Do that's the whole debate. Do you or don't you? I, I don't think you do. I mean, I, I think well, the perfect level is if you could have every kid strike out a few times, but also you know you get, get some, some hits, and and that would be perfect. But if you have whether it's just one or two kids on the team, whatever it is, who like never make contact all season long, and then don't get King to hit it geez. off the tee, that's a that's a tough one. That, that's a that's a tough look for a six year old. That they need an opportunity to feel good about themselves at some point, even if it's just hitting a ball off the tee.
3: Yeah, and I agree. I do agree. Um,
2: it's just not a game that makes you feel good about yourself. What about what about this? How about I don't know how many quote unquote innings you play in a game? They do. We do sixty minute
3: games in t ball. Forty five minutes of the actual game. Fifteen minute warm up. They do. They do
2: an hour and a half. So they do ninety minutes. So I, maybe for the first half of the game you bring out the T or the second half of the game, like, you know, the first time through the order you bring out the T the second time you don't or reverse now, it. These are so- all – they're going to be doing like
3: a, a vote on this uh, in a couple of weeks. But it was interesting, man, and, and I'll tell you, I was like – it sounds terrible to say because this is all I've ever wanted was to coach my kids. I had such a bad experience coaching the first time that I was – not happy about this until I got to that meeting last night and I met the guys and got the gear and I thought to myself, all right, man, like lean into this now because this is really special. This is a really special time and I found myself towards the end of the meeting getting really excited about it and, you know, just excited to share the game. The other thing, too, is what do we always hear about baseball? Kids just don't like baseball anymore. Kids just hate baseball. Bro, there are 600 kids in Encinitas Little League. Now, there's another Little League that's divided by, um, what's the street? Uh, Camino de la Reina? No. no,
4: El Camino Real? El Camino
3: Real. Yeah. Divided by that, they're in another. They've got 600 kids. Bro, that's 1,200 kids that are playing baseball, which made my heart swell with pride. So, not and all Encinitas those kids. is re-
2: a pretty serious league. They've gotten to the San Bernardino Regionals oh, yeah. at the 12-year-old level I of Maine.
3: Bro, I loved it. I'm so happy. Um I'm so excited uh to to go out and and you know help these kids and encourage these kids. I'm just so happy I'm so happy so it was an interesting interesting debate about when is failure okay to learn as a kid and in baseball I mean it's the most unfair game it really is you can hit a ball on the screws right in a guy's glove. you can hit a ball off the end of the bat and float one in for a flare like it's just an unfair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an unfair game. It just really, really is. So I I kinda want my kid to learn how to fail because it's so important in life. And it has taught me how to fail. It's also taught me how to pick myself up and go work harder to be better. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it was really, really interesting. So I hope I don't wear people out with my T-ball talk this year, but I'm telling you right now, I'm probably going to,
2: I think that's a, no, I think I'm interested to hear about the journey, especially because I never had an opportunity to do it with my kids, given my, my job and the fact that I work, you know, afternoons, evenings and have for so many years, they play T-ball, but I could never really be their coach because I couldn't be there for any Practices or anything during the week.
3: Matt Janela is actually going to do a series on us called "The Grind Oh, 2. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be filming. Uh, he's not. I wish they would. The T ball grind showing Bo's progression up through T ball. It would be riveting, riveting television, but probably uh, a sizable budget. So
2: all right, we got uh, we got a lot to get to today. We do, man. It's our Thursday, so we are going to take a look ahead to some uh, football games this weekend, conference championship games. A couple of times, Eric Adelson's going to be with us, our NFL senior insider, and then we're also going to talk with our friend Mick Schaefer. It's been a while, uh, sports director in Kansas City, about Patrick Mahomes, who says, hey, full go, he's going to play on Sunday. Do we believe that Patrick Mahomes will be Patrick Mahomes, though, with that high ankle sprain coming off the divisional round playoff win over the Jaguars? So we got some football preview for you. Uh, we've got some Padres talk. They uh, they had some news yesterday about season ticket sales that was uh, quite quite interesting and uh, honestly exciting if you're a member of that organization. I mean, they have reached levels that we never anticipated. It's, it's This has to be surreal for you, right? man. It's, it's surreal. surreal. It's got to be surreal for everybody in that building almost. I know they've been expecting it to happen, but it finally did. So uh, we'll get to that. Farmer's Insurance open, round one in the books. Round two gets underway in less than three hours and... At the aztecs last night as well a individual performance from a player that we hadn't seen anything like that from him all season long and end up getting a win over utah state so there's lots to get to daily ditty is up next it's back to me right today yeah so it's artists who passed away in 2022 i believe i'm going to pick a song that i don't think i've actually heard in like 25 years which means I don't know if it really is any good. I remember liking this song a lot, though. And then... Bomb, <laughs> bomb, dang, 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 dang we'll ding, 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 dong ding, we'll dong. We'll see. Coming up next and then uh, get into it on a Thursday. Glad to have all the tier ones here. It's Ben and Woods. Let's get our first check ben of traffic. A oh, Ben and Coach. Yeah. <laughs> on San Diego's number one sports station. Uh, let's get Kelly's first check of traffic this morning on 97.3 The Fan. Over the seventies here, doesn't yeah, it? A little of both. When did this come out? I would think early eighties somewhere. She's got a good voice though. Uh,
4: this came out.
2: 80, Eighty on yeah. the nose. Yeah, it felt like very early eighties. She died? She did, she died last year. Flash dance and this did not know that. this song Fame.
3: How many shout out to their families Irene, did we miss? <laughs> Comedy.
0: Yeah.
3: I used, I mean, when I was five, I loved this song.
2: I did too. Like when I was in my mom's like, Cutlass, yeah, like six or seven, and listening in the car, and I remembered loving this song. Yeah. And I think they used it on that fame TV, fame TV show, show as well. Yep. I it's loved it. It's a jam. Yeah, I we lost no, Irene Cara in
3: 2022. I have no uh, no issue with that whatsoever. It's a jam.
2: All right. I want to actually. Can we start and talk about the golf tournament just for a second? Sure, absolutely. It's your because, fun because um, the leaderboard. If you just if you glance at the leaderboard, especially at the top of the Farmers Insurance Open, you're going to go, "Who are these guys?" You, you really are. It's as anonymous of a first day leaderboard as I can remember at the Farmers Insurance Open. The three co leaders who all played the North Course yesterday. Sam Ryder, Aaron Rye, and Brent Grant. What happened to Dirt McGirt? Uh He birdied the first hole and then never, never, <laughs> <was heard laughs> never, from to again. Be, never to be heard from never again. Never was heard he's from. Actually, again. he's in the rough somewhere. You just need to he's go still look looking for, for his ball. Yeah,
3: looking for his ball.
2: I mean, you know, Brendan Steele, Hayden Buckley, Sam Stevens, Andrew Novak, Garrett Higo, uh, Harry Higgs. I've heard of. Yeah, Luke I know Liss, Harry Higgs. The defending champions at five hundred, but. Really, everyone, I mean, Sahith Tagala at 6-under is probably the most familiar name of anyone in the top 10 right now of the tournament. But there are a lot of big names who are lurking just off the pace, and my guess would be by either the end of today or certainly by the end of tomorrow, you'll be looking for guys like Will Zalatoris, who shot a 4-under yesterday, Colin Morikawa, who was 5-under on the north yesterday, and I think kind of the real favorite now, Justin Thomas, who shot a four under on the South yesterday, Ooh. playing with the hottest golfer in the world, John Rahm, who uh, who just didn't have it yesterday. He started off really well, had his uh, big gallery out there, everyone looking to see if he could win his third tournament in a row. Birdie, two of the first five holes, Damn. got to two under, then uh, didn't take advantage of the par five, sixth hole. And then on seven. He hit one. He actually said, I hit it two perfectly, knocked it over the green, into the hazard at seven, and that led to a double bogey and never really recovered after that. Just couldn't couldn't get it going and ended up shooting a one over 73 that leaves him needing to play well today. I mean, on the easier north course to be sure, but just to make the cut at the Farmers Insurance Open, a tournament where he has always done so very well at Torrey Pines. That was the biggest surprise of the day. Obviously, is that that John Rahm isn't anywhere near the top. In fact, uh, he's more in the bottom half of the of the field after day one of the tournament.
3: I can't tell you how many times that happens to me, where I hit the ball just too perfect. I just hit it too perfectly, and you know, making a double bogey. I just hit it so flush and so perfect. uh, First world problem. Yeah, don't get the spin I'm looking for. No, that rarely happens to me, Ben.
2: So the interesting part about today, and I'm sure you felt it as we walked in, but we've got some Santa Ana winds going today, and they're expected to kick up, especially late morning, early afternoon, which completely changes the course at Torrey Pines. Obviously, usually you get that breeze coming off the ocean. You know exactly which holes are into the wind. They know how to play it going to be a completely opposite direction wind and it could get blowing pretty hard this afternoon. So I'm expecting on the south, you know, mid 70s. Guys are probably struggling to maybe even break 80 on the south course and on the north course, you're not going to see those 70, you know, 64s and 65s that we had yesterday. You know anything, you know, a couple under par is probably pretty good. So very different feel likely today in the second round of the Farmer's Insurance Open uh, with winds expected to be coming out of the east-northeast uh, during the afternoon and, and late morning part of the day.
3: It's such a challenging course without one, oh, it is. without one mile an hour of wind. The the rough, somebody posted a video the other day. They were standing above, standing in the rough. He dropped his ball, and it just Dawn. disappears. Somebody goes, Woodsy, what's the play here? I said, the play is to hit the fairway. <laughs> take, take a four-iron if you have to. But hit the fairway. I mean, that is... And if you from, have to sacrifice a hundred yards, easily. so be it. So <laughs> be it. These guys are good enough. They're good enough. And I think what what probably gets in their heads is like I mean, I, I hit a driver great. I hit my driver 330 yards. But if you miss by if you miss my foot. You're done. You're done for. Your second shot is toast. You're now working you're you're playing for a par. You're not going to birdie. You're not going to get it out where you want to uh, get it from that rough. It is so challenging. How
4: many out of let's take away the par 3s. So out of 12 tee shots, how many fairways do pros usually hit? Like 10, 11?
2: Out of uh, the 14, drives, 14 drives, 14 drives that, you, that you get in a round? I I think a good percentage is Sixty-five to seventy percent. I okay. mean, they're still going to miss some, especially how hard and, how, far, and far they, they, hit, they it. hit it. You get to roll through and the Tory fairways, especially in the north, are pretty narrow. And they're you, very yeah, narrow. You get, the, you get a bounce that just doesn't go the right way. Remember the one I
3: hit on? I can't remember what it was, but I absolutely piped
2: it. Yes, and it went nine. through the fairway nine. You did into
3: yeah. the rough, and I was like, I lost my ball right down the middle. Right down the middle, <laughs> God, <laughs> over the hump, speed slot yeah. the whole thing, and I was like, the
2: par five nine.
3: I'm like, all right, that was a lot of fun. I mean, it's 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 a nightmare for these guys. It would give if I had to play on the tour, I don't know that I would play this course. I really don't know that I would play it. How do you get it out of that without breaking your wrist? They
2: do. They're amazing. I watched those. I watched them yesterday. They are they're just magical. A couple years ago,
3: when I went out um, and we saw the guy, we I was following a guy and his uh, tee shot ended up on the cart path and he played it off the cart path. And I asked Ben. I think it was you. I said, "Why would he do that? He can get a drop." You go because it's easier to hit off the cart path than it is out of the rough. I yep. go.
2: <laughs> if you drop it, it's going right to the bottom yeah. of the rough. You can it's hit like, it. Off. Just, it's like hitting off a mat. I'll He's just, like, "I'll, I'll just, just get a new
3: wedge yeah. and and call it a day." So uh, these guys are they're incredible. Yeah, incredible.
2: Uh, Xander Shoffley struggled even on the north. That's uh, that pretty much plays you out of the tournament almost when you All do right. that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's yeah, the scoring. Yeah, you know, he's going to have to play the tougher course in the wind today. Uh, he'll he'll be battling just to make the cut. So, uh, you know, there's there are some names though they are lurking. But the top of the leaderboard is definitely I, Sam Ryder, Brent Grant. Who are these guys that uh, had the good day yesterday? So we'll see what happens today. All right, we'll come back. I want to uh, I want to get into that Padres news from yesterday. They are capping season ticket sales. In twenty twenty three. Think let's let's think about that what that really what that really means and where this franchise has gone has come from and where they are now. Uh and we'll do that when we come back. It's Ben and Woods, San Diego's number one sports station, ninety seven three the fan. guests, on Metal Ben up here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. We'll have our senior NFL insider Eric Adelson join us at 7.35 as we look ahead to the AFC and NFC Conference Championships coming up on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that. And Mick Schaefer from Kansas City going to join us in our 8 o'clock hour as well. That's a lot of football talk for the two of us. Which it is, yeah. Cram a little baseball talk into this segment on your San Diego Padres who yesterday made an announcement that if you had told me, I was going to say five? 30 years ago, five years ago, ago yeah. it would have been we started together, almost yeah. unthinkable that the Padres would get to this level. But uh, they did, in fact, announce that uh, after Fan Fest is over on February 4th, they will Cap season ticket sales. You will no longer be able to become a Padres season ticket member. That's it. They will open up a waiting list, like like the the Green Bay Packers or something. And if you want, uh, you know, you get your family's name on that list. And I don't know how long you know the list is going to be. If it's going to be one of those that it's uh, just a couple of months, or if you're going to have to wait a year or, or two years or five years to get. Your season tickets for the San Diego Padres, but they have reached the level where they are—they're uh, going to shut it down on season ticket sales in the next uh, week and a half. If we're
3: too successful, guys. I'm sorry, we have to shut this thing down. Uh, Adam,
2: Michael, if you're listening,
3: we make too much money. Uh, we don't—we cap it. Just cap us where we are. We're good. It's insane to think about.
4: Now, uh, keep in mind, five years ago, this was your starting. Lineup. Yeah, I was just pulling that up, Paulie. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, opening day. Was a two to one loss to the Brewers yes. in 2018. You had Hedges behind the dish, Hosmer at first, Carlos Asuaje starting at second, Chase Headley at third, Freddie Galvis at short, Jose Perella in left, Manny Margot in center, Will Myers in right, and
2: Clayton Richard on, on the, the bump. bump. And, it, and they had Whoop. about the equivalent of eleven thousand season tickets. <sighs> and, but when I say that, they count a season ticket as essentially eighty-one games, uh, a whole package. So. Four people with a twenty-year mini plan is one season ticket, even though they have four, their four season ticket members. Oh, okay. If they all have twenty gamers, that's one season ticket among them. So, right. when they say, you know what? And by the way, they don't—they haven't sold forty thousand season right. tickets. They—they they said we're capping it around twenty-four thousand because we still want to be able to sell single game tickets to fans who can't make it out to 20 games or 40 games that they just want to come to two or three a year. And they also need to keep certain areas open for like group sales. Like, Hey, you bring the whole office in and you take up 40 tickets in a section. We can't sell season tickets throughout the ballpark or we won't have sections where we can have our groups come uh, for that. So they have to you know, maintain at least a certain number of tickets for every game, in order to to accommodate, you know, fans who don't want to buy season tickets, and I get that.
3: I do too. I mean, and that's I, I don't know that you could look at it uh, any other way than than to say kudos to what they've been able to do, Ben, over the last couple of years, especially. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. And again, we've been talking all week about you know projected lineups, projected rosters, and my God. It's, uh it's an all-star team uh, really I mean it is it's an all-star team that they're rolling out there on you know at 81 nights at Petco Park this year um it's going to be it's going to be bat as crazy out there and I think that's so good I think it's so great for the city uh, it's so good for the fan base um, and I understand you know tickets may be harder to come by sometimes they may be more difficult to uh, procure but I think for the overall health of a team, Ben, you, you see an announcement like that, and you go, okay, this is a healthy team. Um, they're headed in the right direction. And uh, sky is, the sky is truly the limit for the San Diego Padres. It's, it's a wild feeling.
2: We're going to have CEO Eric Gruppner on with us tomorrow, and we'll, we'll discuss this and some of the other stories. I did see in the UT story by Kevin Acey that, because uh, I asked the question earlier this week when Jeff Passan wrote, hey, Padres are doing great. You know, They're going to sell out every game this year. And I go, wait, hold on. You know, sell out every game this year and um according to the the piece that AC wrote, the Padres do expect to sell out at least a majority of the games this year at Pecto Park. I Doesn't don't know surprise me. If it's gonna be every single one of them, but it's not you know, it's not the old days where they'd sell out baseball night in San Diego, you know, Saturdays and you know, they'd have about seven or eight sellouts a year. There should be you know, forty, fifty, sixty 60 sellouts, you know, we're talking about this coming season for the San Diego Padres. So even midweek games, even lesser opponents, you can expect Petco Park to be pretty jammed uh, night in and night out for the San Diego Padres here in 2023. Well, and like
3: you mentioned, we're going to have uh, Group Dog on tomorrow. want to ask him about this uh, thing I saw this morning, Ben. From cord cutters news, there's an entire website uh, devoted to cord cutting, and it's something that I've been threatening to pull the trigger on for a couple of years. Can't bring myself to do it. Just got banged with an, another two hundred and fifty five dollar, you know, cable bill, and uh, I just I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But your cable made out of eggs and natural gas? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's diamonds, <laughs> diamond encrusted uh, cable. Yeah, and I don't even have, like, all the – I have, like, one movie channel. So it's – every month it hits me, and I'm like, oh, my God. Do it. Just do it. I can't. I can't do it. I'm not comfortable doing it yet. And here's the reason why. I'll tell you the reason why after we check traffic. Yeah, so this morning as I uh, I logged in, I saw this tweet come across from Cord Cutters News. And it says, uh, Bally Sports RSN, Regional Sports Networks, are reportedly preparing for bankruptcy. And I, I clicked on the article, at read it, uh, and it said, The company called Diamond Sports Group, LLC, which runs Sinclair Sports Channels, is reportedly $8.6 billion in debt. Sinclair is hoping to strike a deal to help them keep the channels operating thanks to bankruptcy. Uh, in total, they owe $55 billion in sports media rights, according to Bloomberg. A bankruptcy could cut payments to the uh, NBA and NHL at risk. It's being reported that they'll skip $140 million interest payment due in mid-February, starting a 30-day grace period for the company. What does that mean for the consumers here? I'm not sure it means much yet, right? I don't know that we're in dire danger of not being able to see the potteries on Bally's just yet, maybe down the road.
2: I'm not a a financial expert,
3: me. I'll play play
2: one on the radio just for a moment. The idea of bankrupt I think people hear the word bankruptcy yeah, you get panicked. and they, they assume, oh, you know, hang a shingle, you're out of business and, and they're just gone. One day it's just, oh, oh, that channel's not there anymore. That is not usually what happens. Bankruptcy is more of a a procedure to reorganize and restructure, but at least from the outward facing consumer perspective, for a lot of companies, you don't notice any changes when that company goes through bankruptcy yeah they may reorganize the front office and and debt and financial structure but for whatever they do whether they're a a grocery store or a cable company it doesn't make a lot of sense for their creditors you know the people who have lent them money oh you're bankrupt well shut it down away you want them to still do something that could make possibly make money you're not going to get your investment back if they just close up shop. So you want them to keep doing business, and my guess would be that Valley Sports will continue to do business and will continue to employ most of the same people that they have before because what else are you going to do? They have to, to put on a baseball game. They have to have a baseball production team and announcers, and you know it, it all has to be there. So I doubt we'll see much of a change at least this season.
3: So uh, it says the Sinclair has launched a $20 a month subscription service to get Bally Sports Networks without cable TV. So far, though, fans seem to not be running to the service in the numbers expected. Now, I would imagine that if that was offered in San Diego, and it's not yet because I did see somebody comment that the Padres weren't available on that $20 a month streaming service. Who wouldn't sign up for that if you're a Padres fan?
2: You absolutely sign up for twenty bucks a month. There's there's definitely a desire among cord cutters for a standalone in market padres streaming Correct. service. Because if you sign up for
3: MLB TV, cool. We can watch Skip Schumacher's Marlins play, no problem. But you can't watch your San Diego Padres play, even though you live in the town in which they play. It's the, the very archaic MLB blackout rules. Uh major league baseball and it's not the team's fault, it's Major League Baseball's fault of not being able to figure out exactly how to get this product on you know in front of the billions of eyes that want to see it and if if baseball's dying for any reason that's a big part well of
2: I it. and and I think people all, you know assume that major league baseball is doing this to you know like the old days when they had the football blackouts when the game wasn't sold out yeah yeah oh well they're just trying to force you to come in and buy tickets and they don't want they don't want their product on so easily consumable on TV. That's not what it is. I promise you that the Padres and every other team would love to be able to stream all 162 of their games in their home market. Yes. The entity that doesn't want you to be able to do that is Bally Sports or the other media rights holders. You know, in, in LA it's Spectrum, the Dodger Station. They pay a ton of money. To force you to have to buy their product, and it's usually their cable product to watch games. So if all of a sudden the teams make available on MLB.com and you can pay whatever a month, twenty-five a month. And then whatever. you don't have to pay cable anymore, you don't have to do anything to get their service, so, then that it's not worth it anymore for them to be paying those, you know, billions or hundreds of millions right. of dollars in write fees. So the cable companies The channels themselves are the ones that insist to Major League Baseball. Okay, we'll write you this big check for media rights. Black it out. But you have to black out everything, so they have to, in our market, buy our product if they want to watch the game. So why wouldn't Bally Sports, because
4: I saw a lot of people talking about, was it Bally Sports Plus is the streaming service? It has many other professional right. sports not the and teams, just not the Padres. So if that is, in fact, the case, that you cannot watch Padres games, but you can watch Ducks games or whatever else is on there, Like, if you're Bally's, wouldn't it behoove you to charge people who could pay you directly rather than telling them, hey, go instead of giving us money, go spend... Four times the amount and give all that money to DirecTV instead. Right.
2: And all I can say to that is, yeah, that would seem obvious, and I have no idea why <laughs> they haven't been able to, to it do that. So they can do it seems so obvious that
4: I'm like, I feel stupid even asking a the question. If they can
2: do it for other sports, yeah, why why can't they set up this streaming service, whether it's a a technological barrier or it's just slow rolling out or because the company is is in trouble, you know, I mean, you know.
4: Like I don't know how much of a dent that would make, but wouldn't that? I mean, I realize that like,
2: our app is perfect, but some companies don't right have don't, the good don't, apps don't like have everything do. lined yeah. up as well as we do. Well, just may have some technical difficulties <laughs> right. in rolling out
3: streaming product. Just a gentle reminder, though, <laughs> that you can always hear your San Diego Padres play right here on 97.3, the fan home of your San Diego Padres.
2: Unless, you of can course, even your it. phone thinks you're in Phoenix. Correct. When you're Just, in, but if you are here in San you should most be able to of the time, our I said. app, which <laughs> works perfectly all the time without fail. Never a problem whatsoever. So, yeah, I don't know the answer to that question, Paulie. I would think, yeah. I mean, I think there is a lot of Padres fans who would happily, I mean, at 20, I was thinking, oh, that's... That sounds like a steal, actually. If that's I think
4: they could charge more.
2: If that's all you're talking about and you know, people who really say I don't watch any other cable. I've seen that from a lot of Padres fans who say the only thing I watch on my cable TV now like live television. On live television is Padres baseball. Huh? And if they could pay just twenty for that rather than an entire cable package, which Seventy, hundred. 100 oh, they could make it sixty. Two hundred and fifty dollars money. and a kidney yeah. every month. I'm, I mean I'm
3: two fifty eight <laughs> a month for uh cable and internet. I mean it's
2: brutal. And you've promised your next born child yeah. to the cable company. I'm not having another
3: child. Oh. We're two and done. They're my two are enough for I am
2: not sure, but you would think that that would be a, a no brainer.
3: Yeah. I mean, so we'll ask uh we'll ask uh, group dog about that tomorrow. And too. we have
2: before, and honestly, Never totally get the satisfactory answer. You know, I know they're always concerned about it. They're always looking at it. Yeah. Why does
4: this crap always happen? Like within 60 a month days or two away. away from yes. the season starting, and it happens
3: the, every time. Right around this, the time panic year. sets in. Of like, where can I watch the Padres now? Pay two fifty eight a month. I'm not going to have an issue, but I don't like paying two fifty eight a month. You shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to.
2: All right, uh, we'll come back one hour quickly in the books. Uh, we are looking for a contestant for Take On Woods. Real or fake? Oh, no, it's real real or, or fake, fake today. today. It's a throwback Thursday. I can't get my days of the week right. But yeah, we got a real or fake game for a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas, qualify for our grand prize drawing. Talks of Aztecs, hoops, and more coming up on 97 3 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.